Hey everyone, it's Pastor Eddie from River of Life. Just want to say thank you for joining us on our podcast. Now let's get ready to hear a word from the Lord today. What does God want to speak to our hearts today? So come on, open your Bibles, open your hearts, and let's get into the Word. It's because we're combining two messages this week and next week into one. I'm going to preach two messages into one. How many think I can do it? Oh, good faith in the house. Amen. Hallelujah. Even got a video I got a show. I got a bunch of stuff today. I want to get this across. We've been in a series called God Owns It All. And I'm going to talk a little bit about money today. We're going to go to Matthew 25. So open your Bibles to Matthew 25. And we uh, kicked off the series three weeks ago. This is week three. Last week, Kavar did an excellent job in teaching us about time and eternity. How God owns it all. We're stewards of time. Uh, Today it is talents and treasure. Talents and treasure. Talents are those skills and gifts and your abilities to work your jobs, your careers, your creativityness, your, your skills in being a musician, whatever. All of those come from God. Uh, and your finances, they come from God. We've been learning that, right? It is God that gives you the power to get wealth. Well, uh, I'm going to combine both of those topics and teach the classic parable that Jesus used to teach on stewardship. Because you can apply this parable to any area of your life, time, talents, and treasure. It's a parable called the parable of the talent in Matthew chapter 25. Let's just pray right now because this is a stewardship, discipleship type series. I know they're not real exciting, but they are life-changing and they can be exciting. When you and I really begin to look at God as being the owner of everything, and we really begin to let go and give up our control, there it is, and trust God. It's scary, it's scary. I mean, what a minute, it's scary. But there is freedom in that. And, there, and then freedom and then favor and blessing comes into your life. I want you to experience God in every area of your life. Some of you experienced him a little bit more today in worship when I got up and exhorted you to give a little bit more. You see what happened? His presence came. Whenever we give up and surrender to the Lord, whatever we surrender to the Lord, he shows up and takes ownership of it and he fills his presence with it. If we as parents would just, you know, let go and give our kids to God, say, God, I'm going to give that child to you. I'm going to give that teenager to you in Jesus' name. I'm still going to be a good steward and be a parent, but God, I'm not going to stress over it because... You said if I train them up in the way they should go, when they're older, they will not depart from it. So I'm going to do my part and sow the seeds in there. I'm going to get them to the house of God. I'm going to get them under the preaching of the word. I'm going to live it in front of them the best I can. But God, you ultimately are the only ones that can cause the increase. I I sow the seeds, you water, but you give the increase over and over again. And finances is the same way. Our talents and our skills. I shared with you a couple of weeks ago how I had a Christian surgeon when I went through my surgery in 2017 and how he just came into the room and began to break down the body as unique as it is and he gave all glory to God. I mean, that just put my faith on another whole level. And I'm going to talk about the body again coming up in a couple of weeks and even our sexuality, how God owns it all. He has given it to us, though, to be good stewards of our sexuality, stewards of our our bodies and stewards of all these things. So that's what this whole series is about if you're just now tuning in or being with us for the first time. And today Jesus teaches this classic um, parable called the parable of the talents. How many have heard this parable or read it yourself? Lift them up high. Look at that. Amen. So you guys already know where I'm going. It's one of the most popular ones. 
Jesus taught it at the end of his ministry, which is very interesting because he began to really ramp up his teaching as he got to the end of his ministry, as he was headed to the cross. He started teaching about the end times and things like that. Uh, This is very important. So what is a talent? Let me get this clear, first of all, before we begin. A talent was a measure of silver, and it was... Many theologians go back and forth as exactly what it was. It's about two and a half years of wages. So let's say $50,000 at that time. Uh, I'm not going to debate what exactly it is. Here's the point. It was valuable. It was something valuable. And it wasn't so much about what they received. This parable is about what they did with what God gave them. That's the whole parable. So people argue over how big the talent is, and it's told again in different, in Luke and that, and this is what it is. Listen, this is something valuable that God has given you. Has God given you something valuable? Our time, our talents, our treasure, our children, anything valuable, anything you have. The Bible says it like this, all good things come from God. How many have a good thing? How many are sitting next to a good thing? I told you, husbands are a gift from God. Your wives are a gift from God. Your children are a gift from God, right? Okay, so that's what a talent is. It's valuable and it's about what they did with the talent. So let's begin. I'm gonna go pull out some, some, um, some principles as we go in this teaching. And again, I just want you to hear me with your heart today. When you talk about money and stuff like that, people get all weird. And then don't be all weird, okay? If you don't want to give to God, I'm going to say this right now. Number one, we already took up the offering. Number two, don't give. If you do not want to give to God willingly, do not give. Did that preacher just tell me not to give? I did. And if you think I'm saying this just for you to give, when you do give, don't give to River of Life. You've never heard a pastor say that because that's how bad I want you to experience the blessing of God in your life. You should give to your storehouse, so biblically, yeah, you should. But no one's after your money. You can relax. Except for God. God don't even want your money. You know what God wants? Your heart. Because he said where your heart is, is where your treasure will be. And that's just one of, because there's freedom in that, guys. There's freedom in that. So 25, verse 14, some of these are on the screen, some of them are not, because I want you to read your Bible and get into your Bible. So I don't put all the screen, all the scriptures on the Bible, because I want you to read it. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and he delivered his goods to them. He delivered his goods to them. Point number one, their talents came from the owner. That's what I want you to know, first of all, before we even go. The talents, your resources, everything you own that is valuable, it came from God. Who's to say? He he delivered his goods to them. I've already been thinking about this because uh, I got a grandson coming this year. Yeah, thank you. Amen. Those of you that are happy. All the grandparents, make some noise. Okay, very good. That's encouraging to me. Well, I'm already planning, Melinda and I are already talking, of what kind of grandparents are we going to be. We're still trying to debate the names. What are you going to call us? You know, I'm going to be, I think I'm going to be Poppy, uh, Granddad. Melinda's going to be Nona. Uh, we're, we're trying to figure that out right now. This is our first one, so bear. But I told Miranda the other day, I said, honey, you know what kind of grandfather? Does that get easier? <laughs> it's a big year, man. 
You know what kind of grandfather I'm going to be? I already know. I'm already going to tell you. I'm going to be the kind of grandfather that's going to take every situation and make it a teachable moment. I already do it with my girls. I drive my girls crazy. I just already, so I already got in my mind how I'm going to do a little grandbaby. Now, they're, they already have a couple of names picked out. They're praying about it, whatever they want. Names are important. Uh, so they're, we're just going to call him Little Tyler right now. That's not his name, but we're just going to call him Little Tyler. So I'm already thinking in my mind how I'm going to teach Little Tyler some of these life lessons. And one of the biggest life lessons I know he's going to have to learn that I'm really going to make sure I do a good job in teaching him, and that is to not be stingy. How many know some stingy people? How many are sitting How many know some stingy I mean, so, I know there are some people that, that are greedy. I mean, with a capital G. Y'all didn't have a granddad. I go, okay. So this is a big life lesson. It's going to take the whole family to teach little man how to not be stingy and, and, and to be generous. Because nobody likes a stingy person. Nobody likes, you know, I mean, it, this is a very important life lesson for a little man. He's going to have to learn it because it's going to affect his girlfriend when he gets a girlfriend. Nobody wants to date a stingy boy. That's all about himself. When Melinda met me, I was all about me and my hair. And God said, I'm going to fix that real quick, baby. But you know what? My, my wife says, I look fine with my hair like this. So I'm, I'm confident. Amen. Back to my little grandson. He's going he's to have to learn not to be stingy. So I said, this is how it's going to play out. I already know when he's about four or five years old, I got to play it out. I'm going to have to take little man. First of all, I'm going to have to introduce him to the world's best take, tasting chicken sandwich in fast food industry. That's Chick-fil-A. We're, we're, we're going to Chick-fil-A. Now, we may need to stop by Popeye's and get some of that red beans and rice. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Amen. How many's ever went to Burger King for the Whopper, but you went down the street to get them fries? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Anybody do that? Yeah. You, know what I'm you got a microwave, so it's all worth it. But I see me a little man, I'm going to take him when he's about four years old. I'm going to have him with some little Adidas because I got to show him how to, dry, how to dress. Got to keep the old school going. And we're going to be sitting at the table and I'm going to eat my, my grill number one deluxe with extra pickles and a kale crunch because I'm getting, you know, I got to eat kale. <laughs> and I'm going to order a little man a large waffle fry. And I'm, I'm going to show him, Josiah, how to dip that large fry into that Chick-fil-A sauce. Come on, somebody. And I already know how it's going to play out. We're going to be sitting at Chick-fil-A, and I'm going to sit down, and I'm going to eat my food probably fast, because that's how I do. I eat a little, I'll probably be done before he is going to be done. And in my mind, I already know what little Tyler's going to do, see, because I'm going to reach across the table, and I'm going to go for one of them fries. And little man's going to do what many little kids are going to do, they... I already know what's going to happen. Them little eyebrows down. He's going he's gonna, And that's a teachable moment, Zechariah. may have to get a little sweater vest for this. And I'm going to say, little man, I said, listen, I need you to know something. You know those fries you got right there? Um, actually, I bought those fries. I walked up to the counter with my money. And I looked at the person on the other side and I ordered those fries with my money and I gave them to you. So technically, them are my fries. In my life, I own those fries. And little man, I want you to know something. I actually have the ability to take them waffle fries from you. I gotta be careful because they'll call 911 on me real quick. 
But I want a little man to know something. But here's the thing. I'm going to say, little man, this is what I want you to know. But when you are generous, when you want to share that fry, when you say, granddad, 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 before I, even before I eat these fries, if granddad, if you want one of them, I mean, if you would be like that, I mean, if you would be so generous, you know what that makes granddad want to do? It makes me to want to go back up to that counter because guess what? I got more money and I can order you another fry. See, I want my little grandson to know I am the source of those fries. And the more generous you are, the more, the more you're just wanting to, I mean, just the more generous you are, the more generous I want to be with you. I'll even go back up there and bring you back some. There's something called a strawberry shake. I got to be the one to introduce them to ice cream. I mean, that's just what's going to happen. Son, there are, there's something called a cherry pie. There's a whole holiday called Thanksgiving. I mean, you haven't seen nothing, little man. You got to understand, you know, you can't be, man, I want these little fries. These my, my little fries. Hold on to them till they're cold and nobody wants them. I want to teach you that if you would just be generous with them fries and realize that I'm the source of them fries, granddad going to hook you up. Y'all get it? Can I tell you that I just told you the entire parable that Jesus is teaching right here? The whole parable that Jesus is teaching right here. So some of y'all are all tight, like, oh, he's coming after my money. No, he's not. He wants some fries. No, I mean, (laughs) he's saying, number one, I want you to know before I go any further in this parable that everything that all three of these people had, it came from the owner. And and the more we look at God as the owner and a good, good father, because little grandson's going to understand my motives. I don't need those fries. But he does need to share. We're going to get into that in this parable. Y'all with me? You know, I didn't know it was that anointed. About fries, it is. That's exactly what he's teaching. The talent came from the owner. Y'all with me? Now, Jesus really gets into it in verse 15, and he says this. And to one, he gave five talents. To another, two. And to another, one. To each one, according to his ability. You need to underline that. And immediately he went on a journey. And then he who had received the five talents, he went and he traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two went and gained two more. But he who had received just the one talent, he went and he dug it into the ground and he hid whose money? Whose money? Did y'all catch that? It's like, I just want you to know that when he hid that money... See, everybody fights and and people, money can bring some, uh, money has power on this earth. Have you ever seen cash laid out on a table? I mean, a lot of cash. I have. I can lay $100 bills across on a table. I guarantee you sit and look at that money. It has power. It does. It will change people. Families will turn on each other for that money. People will kill one another for that money. We all know what money can do. Money, money has power. In fact, the Bible says it like this. The love of money is the root of all evil. The root of all evil. Not money, but the love for it. See, money, you need to know this. Number one, money is an awful master, but it is a wonderful servant. 
That's exactly what Jesus is teaching here with this parable. But I want you to write this down, another principle. Everyone was given talents according to their abilities. I don't know why some people got five, some people got two, and some people only got one. I, that's not up to me to, to figure out. I don't know why some people are more blessed than others. I don't know why they get a better start than others. That's up to God. God is sovereign. He owns it all. It's up to him to give what he wants to who he wants, when he wants, and how he wants it. In fact, we're even told in the Bible not to compare ourselves because we're going to get all. That's another lesson I'm going to have to teach little man. <laughs> don't look at their fries. Look, what, look at your fries. Right? Amen. That's another whole, whole life lesson. But everyone was given talents according to their abilities. Why? Because he will never, God will never ask you to do something that you cannot do. God will never ask you to do something you can't do. He's not going to ask you to give something you can't give. He's not going to ask you to become something you cannot become. So that's another reason why we don't need to be comparing ourselves with other people. I'm not going to have to stand in judgment for the same finances that Elon Musk has. I, I don't have to. I'm going to have to stand and give an account for what I was given and trusted with. And here's the thing, that he wants to bless us more. He wanted to give the one talent guy, I'm sure, five talents. I think part of the reason why some have more than others is because of this thing called capacity. You've heard about potential. Let me tell you the difference between potential and capacity. You see these two vessels right here. These, these both have potential, and we focus a lot on potential. Well, he's got a lot of potential. She's got a lot of potential, and that's true. There's potential in both of these things of water to hold more water. But the thing that God is into is not just potential. Listen to this. This, is, this can change your life. It's not just potential. He's into capacity. You see, I could fill this little bottle all the way up to the top, but it will never, 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 never have the ability to hold the same amount of liquid as this one does. Why? It's capacity. Capacity is a the difference. These three had different capacities to begin with. So it's not about potential in God's kingdom. God is more interested in capacity. What's the capacity of that person before I enter into a relationship or a business deal or this or that? It's more about capacity than anything else. Everyone has potential, but not everyone has the same capacity. Everybody has potential, but not everybody has the same capacity. When I, I've been, this Easter will be nine years I've been, I've been your pastor. Now listen, I could not pastor a church this size and everything going on nine years ago. Even the 11 years when we were youth pastors. When I first started, I had two kids in my youth group. One slept and one was forced to be there. And the only time I got their interest is when I talked about sex and girls. They were like, yeah. So guess what we did a study on all the time? I mean, that was how we started. But, you know, Melinda and I, we, we prayed and we loved those two kids as if they were our own. I made copies for, for not just for two, but for four and for six kids in that little classroom up there on Savage Road. And, and what was I doing? I was being faithful with that little bit of capacity that I did have. And next thing you know, God stretched my capacity. Now, I was invited to preach here and preach there and preach there. I could preach to anybody. Went to Honduras and preached to 3,000 high schoolers in their public school. Give me a microphone. I can preach to thousands. But preaching to one, preaching is one thing. Pastoring is another. Babysitting a kid is one thing. Raising that child is another. Grandparenting. We're going to give that baby right back. Because our job is to spoil little man. Amen. 
There you go. It's totally different, right? But how do you stretch your capacity? It's by being faithful with what God has given you right now. When we use his resources for his glory, he grows our capacity. David couldn't fight a giant until he first was faithful in defeating a lion and a bear. David said, I gotta, I gotta be faithful with this little shepherd, this little flock of sheep, before I can rule Israel and to fight giants. I gotta learn to overcome this thing first. I gotta learn to be faithful in my, in my little bit of things then I, before God gives me these big things. Same way with our, with our time. Okay, God's given us 24 hours a day. This is how you stretch your capacity. Some of us, you know, you start off with five minutes. Five minutes a day. I'm gonna give God five minutes a day. I mean, it takes me more than five minutes to get my Bible out. But I mean, let's just say five minutes. The more you spend five minutes with God in prayer, talking to him, quieting yourself, reading the scripture. What happens? Your capacity begins to stretch. Then you can go 10 minutes, 15 minutes, half hour. That's why when Jesus took the disciples to pray with him all night, they all fell asleep. How could you fall asleep standing next to the God Almighty in the flesh? Because it doesn't matter on the talent. It doesn't matter if the person sitting next to you. It doesn't matter how big of a God you have. It doesn't matter how many French fries that Chick-fil-A has. It all depends upon your capacity to receive what God has for you. Nice way of saying this. Some of the things you don't have and I don't have is simply because we can't handle it. Money is another one. Here we go. If we would learn to trust God with the ownership of our finances, we would be able to see what God does. I, a couple of years ago, there was this uh, quarterback for the, Ra- for the Raiders. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Tomas, that's his team. His name's Derek Carr. Y'all probably heard this. It was real popular. It went viral. This video went viral. He's an outspoken Christian man, especially in the area of giving. He signed the, uh, at the time, the largest contract for any NFL player. He was paid $125 million to throw a football. Amen. That's a lot of money. Well, he told people when he gets that money, they all know that he always talks about putting God first. So they challenged him and said, what you going to do when you get all of this money? And he said, I'm going I'm to give this money right back to God. But I don't want you to hear it from me. I want you to hear it from him. So just look at this video real quick. And I want you to see at the news conference when he just signed... You're not really an extravagant guy, but is there one thing that, you, that you're going to sort of splurge on that you can let Chick, us know? Chick-fil-A. Probably Chick-fil-A. Uh, I've been eating clean. Lad, we got Lad here. He's been having me eat clean. I'll probably get some Chick-fil-A. But uh, no. Uh, first thing I'll do is I'll pay my tithe like I have since I was in college, getting $700 on a scholarship check. Um, you know, that, that won't change. I'll do that. Uh, I'll probably give my wife something nice. Uh, you know, even though she begs me not to, she, she still gets coupons. Ever since we, ever since I've known her, she finds coupons. She gets online trying to find discounts and all those things, and uh, none, none of that's going to change. The, the exciting thing for me, money-wise, honestly, is that this money is going to help a lot of people. Um, uh, you know, I'm very thankful to have it that it's in our hands because it's going to help people not only in this country but in a lot of countries around the world, um, and that's what that's what's exciting to me. Amen. Yeah, give that praise. They followed up with him, and yes, he did exactly that. And I love it. He said this because this is going to 
help a lot of people. He gave into his ministry. He gave and he supported missions with that. And people would say this, well, Pastor Eddie, if I had $125 million, I'd be able to give. He gave $1.2 million. That is amazing for that church. That could build an entire new worship center or a, a Christian school. Yeah, but you know what is, I've learned to be jealous of in a nice way is not having that kind of a tither in my church, but being that kind of person to write a check like that. Why don't you think about that? Could you write a check for $1.2 million? Well, yeah, if I had $125 million, let me tell you, it starts with you tithing and me tithing off that hundred. What did he say? And that's why I wanted you to see this video. He said, it ain't going to change because I've been doing this since college when I had $700. Well, my point is this. The reason why he was able to give that money like it would cost some of us have a nervous breakdown is because he had the capacity in that. Again, not about money. It's not about the amount. It's, it's never about the amount you give in this parable and when it comes to God. Please listen to this. It's not the amount of money. It's always amount of sacrifice. Because the only one that was um, famous in Jesus' teachings about giving big, we would say giving big, was a widow who only had two pennies. He said everybody else in this room gave out, out of their abundance. In other words, it didn't hurt to drop this and drop that. But to this woman, she gave more than anybody because she gave out of her abundance. So we know it's not the amount of money. God is not in the amount of money. He's in the amount of sacrifice. You know why? Because that takes faith. It really does. It takes faith to believe in God, to say, you know what? He's gonna, I'm going to trust him in the area of my finances. When Melinda and I got saved just a couple of years serving the Lord, I remember when pastors started talking about tithing, and I had forgotten about tithing and giving. And I remember thinking, oh, my gosh. I forgot about that. I remember being in our house in Melvindale in the kitchen and we began to talk about, she said, what is tithing? I said, <laughs> everything was going so good too. <laughs> and I said, well, that's when, uh, and I, that was good for me to explain what that was. How was I going to explain that? And I said, honey, you know what that is? That's just simply when you give back to God willingly, you give back to him because you're so thankful. You're so thankful that grandfather, grandpa bought you those fries. You're going to give him one because you get to eat the whole rest of the pack. And that's really the whole sum of giving. And we were like, okay. And I remember we began to have to be better stewards of our other finances. I'm driving a car, leaking oil all the way. Some put gas in her car. I had to stop and put gas and oil. I didn't have enough money. I owed everybody money. I still paid fines, restitution. I had nine points on my record. I had to go to DUI and MUI and everybody else, elemental P, for all these offenses that I made. I had to pay restitution. I had to pay thousands of dollars in a lawsuit that I got involved with right before I got saved, out drunk and got in a fight. I had all these things going on in my life. I was underneath everything financially. And I'm just telling you this. This one principle began to change my life. I got two young girls at home. I'm not making a whole lot of money at all. And I begin to first say, okay, God, I begin to apply this principle to my life. And within, I would love for you to, say, to tell you that God wiped away my credit. He wiped away all of the restitution and I didn't have to pay nothing. No, 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 he did not. I had to pay that back. I had to pay back all those court fees. But I, you know what that did? That stretched my capacity to believe God as being the savior of my Lord to the one that's going to put food on my table. Everyone can pray. I pray for you, brother. But when you're sick and you're dying, you have got to have faith that can do that. You have to have faith when it really, really, really counts. So I'm telling you today how to stretch your capacity 
And it's by being faithful with the little things. We begin to be faithful over our little check and over little, and it wasn't about the money. We prayed over it, still pray over our finances. God, we're gonna give back to you what you said to give. My skill, my ability, my talents, everything I have, God, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna give back to you. And I remember we sold our house and we sold it for exact double for what we sold it for. And I remember getting that check and I had to get a thumbprint from the bank to get that check. Here it was three years ago I was stealing to get high. Don't let the suit jacket fool you this morning. I was stealing to get high. I was stealing to stay buzzing and out partying with my boys. Three years later, I'm getting a check that requires a thumbprint from the bank because I'm getting ready to give it to the church. Let me reword that. Giving it back to God. Because I don't even go to that church no more. God moved me here and here. Well, aren't you mad that you didn't know? Because I never gave that money to that church. That pastor could run off with that money. It ain't going to affect me when I stand before God. It's going to affect him. Because I gave that money to God. And when me being able to stand there and give, that was the most money, more zeros than I've ever seen. But I'm telling you this, when I did that, God began to show up. I got four raises at work. I could tell you stories. How many has seen God move in your finances when you've been faithful? Look around. Come on. I don't need to tell you any more. I don't need to show you a video, but sometimes some people need to see it rather than me just, just tell you. I'm t- it's not about the money. It's about the fact that God is the owner of it all. And God, I'm just giving back to you. I'm not, I'm not going to lose sleep over this thing. And when we have had financial problems, you know what? We get before God and we say, God, you said in Malachi, he told us to do this. He, you said in Malachi that you will open up the, I don't care if it's a war going on. I don't care if I, cause I did lose my job. I did get laid off for a while. I said, God, it doesn't matter. Cause that's not my source. You are my source. And we are faithful with our giving. We are faithful in our finances, Lord. And you said you would make a way. So we just trust in you right now. We're going to give it anyhow. God, we trust in you in Jesus name. Scared to death, but I did it, and God showed up every single time. Now he stretches the capacity. Now it's nothing to give to God. Matthew, he continues in verse 19. After a long time, verse 19, after a long time, Jesus said, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts. Long time. How many know Jesus has been gone for a long time? It's almost like Jesus knew when he was telling this parable. He was going to be gone for a minute. He said it was a long time before Jesus came back, but he did come back and he did settle accounts with them. So he who had received the five talents came and brought five other talents saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more. He said, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. And here's the whole principle of the teaching. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. The same thing happened with a guy with the two talents. Said, Lord, I've gained two more. He said, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. You've been faithful over a couple little fries. You gave Poppy your first fry. And you know what? That blesses me so much. I'm going to go and get you that shake. I'm going to go up and show you. I'm gonna... That's the same thing. Because you weren't stingy with them little bitty fries. Because you realized that I own all the fries. And you know what? You took those two and you did something with it. And I'm going to bless you with it. But look at here. And so the one came and said, I have entered into the joy of the Lord. Notice they both received the same thing. I do want you to see that. The guy with five talents didn't receive more blessing. They both received the joy of the Lord and made ruler over many. 
Because if I'm faithful with my gift, preaching, teaching, communicating the word, you will be just as, uh, and I'll be rewarded for that, you'll be just as rewarded for your worship gifts, playing the drums and, and playing on the worship team and using and whatever gift and talents you use before uh, they receive the same blessing. Then the one guy that had just the one talent, verse 24, the least talented dude, he came and he said, watch this, I knew you to be a hard man. Please get this. Reaping where you have not sown and gathered where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid. I want you to underline that. I was afraid. I was afraid. And I went and I hid your talent into the ground. And Lord, here it is. Here you go. Here's your talent back. I didn't do nothing with, not with, the, with the time you gave me, with the resources you gave me, that new car you gave me. I mean, I didn't do nothing for God. I just, you know, I didn't do nothing for your glory. Just, here, just give it back. Just give it back to you. And look what Jesus says. But his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant. Wicked and lazy? Why wicked? Lazy. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and I gather where I have not scattered. So you ought to have at least deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I would have received back at least my own with interest. If you would have just showed up at church at least. If you would have just attended a little bit more regularly. Not even do nothing. Just be there to bring hope and encouragement to other people because you came to that place. At least that would be something to, that we can work on. But because you didn't do anything... Therefore, take the one talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents. Look at this principle, kingdom principle. For to everyone who has, more will be given to him and he will have an abundance. How do I get abundance? Use what you got. But from him who does not have, even what he does have, he'll be taken away. We're all going to be accountable for what we have. So write this down. We fail as a steward when we do nothing with what God has given us. That's the principle of this whole thing that I'm trying to communicate to us today. And it's easy to look around at a, at a church this size or watching online or any church and you say, well, you know, what does my $5 matter? What is my one hour a week serving in River Kids going to matter? Hour and a half. Sometimes Pastor Eddie gets long-winded. Two hours, two hours a month. What, what, what? You guys really don't, really don't need my time. Really don't need my money. And listen, I'm not saying it for those reasons. And you know what? We don't. Just like I don't need my grandson's fries. I don't. I'm full from the grilled sandwich. But he's got to learn to give, or it's going to affect every area of his life. Am I teaching this pretty good? Are you getting what I'm saying? That's it. We don't need your money. God doesn't need your money, but we need to put him first in our money. You know what that does? That recognizes God. And you want, did you hear what he says? You will have an abundance. You want to get the abundance of God in your life and in your finances and in your, with your time. Now we all can do something. You got a nice car? Thank God for it. Carpool. Gas prices are up. We carpooled this morning. Today was my week. Everybody met at my house and we drove out here. We've been driving for 20 years out here. 30 miles to get to church. Why? Because the church that's alive is worth the drive. Amen? Amen? 
But we careful. I mean, I mean, you every, and I'm not telling you what to. You pray to God. You pray to God. Those of you that are watching online, out of the area, and, and, and but you have resources. You have resources. Social media account. That'd be cool if you threw some scripture up every now and then, bro. That'd be cool if you kind of gave God. I mean, every whatever we have to impact people for God's glory. It don't have to be up here. Please don't misunderstand me. Over the weekend, we had people shooting guns. We had people uh, drinking coffee for Jesus. We had people doing all kinds. Jesus said, if you give somebody a cup of water in my name, you will have a reward in heaven. <laughs> I mean, isn't that something? You don't have to do all this. I'm not telling you to do all this. I'm telling you. And the more that we invite God into our stuff, the more he'll bless that stuff. If we go, God, I got, every, I got you in this corner, but you ain't going to touch my money. I get funny with my money. That's like inviting Jesus into your house and you say, you can't go in those back bedrooms. I just want you to stay right here. Oh, so you want Jesus to be like an Amazon guy, deliver the package and go home. And so many Christians in America, I had that mindset. I wanted your blessing, deliver your blessing, God, but you ain't getting in my bedroom. But I've learned if I will get out the way, in fact, give him the keys to the whole house, and say, God, go anywhere you want, even underneath the bed. You can even go in Evie's kennel because I know it's dirty. You go into every area of my house and do whatever you want. You know what God's going to do? He's not going to walk in the house and judge you and say, you worthless. No, he's going to say, I'm going to go in. I'm going to clean this up for you. I'm going to make it look so good. Don't be ashamed of this because the healer is here. Because the one that's going to give you faith and something to be proud of and give you hope and give you something that you're ashamed of. I'm going to touch every area of your life. If you just let me in. That's what Jesus is about. That's what he's about. We can all can do something. He blesses us to be a blessing. He blesses us to, to be a blessing. I'd rather get it God's way than try to do it the devil's way. And I can spend another 20 minutes in teaching you how the devil can also bless you because he can. He's got his apostles all over, the, all over the media and the movies. He said, Jesus, all of this has been delivered to me, and I can give it to whomever I wish. So there's other ways to get money, and you can go ahead and do that. But for me, I'm going to trust God's system. I'm going to learn to give poppy my first fry because I want my poppy to go and hook me up. Because you can get fries. You can even steal fries. You can do all kinds of ways to get fries. God says there's all kinds of ways you can get money. But if you want me to be in your money, you want me to be in your talent, you want me to bless your job, you may work so far and you got like a ceiling at your career and you don't know why. God is saying because you don't invite me into your career. I'm the one that gave you the ability to negotiate. I'm the one that gave you the skill set to write those spreadsheets and all that and all that you do and work in the auto factory or whatever you do. If you invite me into that life, if you would just share, your, share me with your coworker that's driving you nuts for 10 hours a day, if you would just tell him, hey, you go to church and just leave it and see what happens. Let me into that auto line. Let me into that school room. Let me into that workplace that you work and watch me change everything around. I did that. I can tell you more stories. How I worked in a warehouse and man, I hated everybody in that warehouse. Bunch of heathens. I took my Bible and I went and ate my lunch in my car with my Bible because I was so weird. <laughs> I wasn't making no impact in that place. And when I finally 
forgot my Bible and I had forgot my lunch and I just stayed there and I ended up talking. You know what? It was an amazing thing. I got new relationships. These people that drove me crazy, they were, they were needing exactly what I had. They were asking me very simple questions. I didn't have to be a pastor. I was just simply telling them how I got free from drugs and alcohol and I've been two months clean without going back to the bar. How do you do that at 25 years old? I tell them, God begins to cause you to love what you used to hate and hate what you used to love. It's a weird thing when you begin to put God on the throne of your heart instead of just on Sunday, but in every area of your life, he changes you from the inside out. I would be a little bit more quieter when I said that to him. Last point, most important, was this. The view, their view of God affected what they did with their resources. What made the difference in all three of these guys was how they saw God. The first two knew that God is a rewarder and those that come to God must come to him with faith and know that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Those were the first two. See, they had a good relationship with their father. See, when my grandson, it's going to be good. But if I go over to another table where no one knows me and I try to take those fries from that little kid, they will call the police. Why? Why? Because we don't have a relationship. But my grandson is going to learn who his poppy or whatever they're going to call me is. The last guy in your parable, he said, I didn't know who, you were a hard God. You were a mean God. I was afraid. So I buried it. You see, how they saw God dictated how they lived for God. And I want you to know that if we could be like the first two that says, my God's a good God. My God's a good God, ain't he, Pat? Healed you of cancer, this woman right here. He knows how good God is. I could go through this whole play. Many of you are sitting here today because of God Almighty. He's a good God. He's a good God, any Lawrence. He's a good God. And if we would know him, then we could give him anything we want. Anything he wants and make him owner if we got a correct view of God. The other one, he called him a wicked and lazy. Why did he say wicked lazy? Lazy, because it's always easier to be lazy. It's easier to steal than to earn a job. It's easier to cheat than to study for the test. It's easier to not brush your teeth or take a shower. But is easier better? Please shower, it's for everybody. Easier ain't better. It's easier to just read a scripture or listen to Pastor Eddie than it is to get in my word. It's easier to watch Pastor Steve lead worship than me to lift my hands. It's easier to hear the song it's easier to go to church than be to church. It's easier to dress like a Christian than live like one. It's easier to do these things. I'm telling you, if we would just get over that and say, God, I'm going to live for you 100%. You are the God of everything because you made everything. You are worthy. And then he takes off. He takes over our life and you'll see blessings like you've never seen. Who needs to hear this today? I'm going to pray, but the wicked part. Why did he call him wicked? Wasn't he just being lazy? Why are you going to call him wicked, God? That was kind of harsh. That was kind of hard. Wicked. Because if I walk past a burning house on fire and there's a family screaming for help and I could walk over there and help them, but I look and go, and get my shoes dirty. And I walk away, what would you call me? Your money and your gifts and your talents when you give them back to God, impact people, please listen, impact people for eternity. Two, every two seconds, somebody on planet Earth is dying. 
60 people have died since we've been in this building. 120 if you came early with the worship team. Where are they at? Where are they at? That's why he said, you could have used your little $5 and your little whatever you have that you think is so little and insignificant. If you would just use it for me, give it back to me. Use, give me five minutes of your 24 hours. Watch me make you a stronger man or woman of God, a better husband, a better wife, a better parent. Give me a half hour a day. Watch me turn your school on fire. You won't have to get prayer for deliverance. Some of us don't need deliverance. You need discipline. And our problem isn't that God isn't big enough. Our problem, we don't have time for God. We don't need God in our life. And I'm telling you, if we keep living that way, one day we're going to stand. Whether you believe in God or not, you can be a stone atheist. And I beg you, please believe in Jesus Christ. Because one day with the same eyes you're looking at me with, today, those same eyes are going to lift up and see the ancient of days, the one that put the stars in the universe, the one that can't even comprehend his beauty and his majesty. We're going to stand there and I. The Bible says every tongue will confess and every knee of every atheistic professor and scientist and everyone on this planet that refuses to believe in God. The Bible says they're going to bow their knee before him. I want to just be more ready and be one of the two dudes in the parable that's like, I couldn't wait for you to come back because I want to show you what I did. I didn't start off right, God. I was addicted to everything. It was all about me until I was 25 years old. But now I'm going to be 50. Uh-oh. I got, 20, I got half of my life already. I've turned it around, and I begin to live for you. I wasn't always a preacher. My first job was to bring my kids to church and to live it in front of them. That's all I was called to do. That was my identity. That's all I was doing. God said, because you've been faithful with that. Because you've been faithful with that, I'm going to let you be a ruler over a couple more kids. Impact some more kids. Impact more and more. And next thing you know, it begins to grow like this. Whew. Thank you, Jesus. Got me excited today. Does that make sense to us today? It's a parable of the talents. Father, we thank you for your word today. Thank you for this teaching. You saved it in the Bible for us to hear. We get so caught up on temporary things. Want to know what the Kardashians are doing. Want to know what TMZ is doing. And what is this? And what, are, what, what is this? God, we're so distracted in this world. And you're trying to build a church and build a kingdom within us to impact families. Father, help us to be a good steward of everything that we have. Because it all came from you help us to let go of our fries help us to let go of these things and let you in if you're here today and you say I need to surrender my heart to Jesus Christ that's the first thing he, I've been owning my own heart but you know what Pastor Eddie I'm ready to sell out to God with everything I have. I just want you to raise your hand right where you are. Say, I'm going to raise my hand. God, you can have my whole heart. I've been holding back. I've been holding back. Amen. See that hand. Amen. Anyone else? See that hand. Amen. I've been holding back. Amen. See that hand. See that hand. Amen. 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 Anyone else? I'm giving you my whole heart. God, you own it anyway. I'm giving it to you. Amen. Amen. You can put it down. I'm going to open up these altars for everyone that needs prayer today. Maybe you just need some help. You've been distracted. I had to hit my knees before God. 
before I preach this to you, there were some areas in my life that I find myself just trying to take ownership of. Trying to take ownership, worry and worry about this. No, no, God says, let it go, let it go, let it go. So these altars are open. I want us to just stand. We're going to sing one more song. And you need to come and pray, come and pray. You lifted your hand to accept Christ. You need to come on down. Kneel at this altar, stand at this altar. In fact, if you need prayer for anything, I want you to come. we got a prayer team here that has been praying before church even started, praying for you. And they're going to come along and they're going to pray with you. So come this way, just face this way. Get your mind on God, lift your hands to the Lord. Come on, you need prayer today? Come on, those of you that are watching online, if you have a prayer need, drop it in the chat. Someone's going to pray with you. We pray for those on Wednesdays as well. Come on, some of you might need some help letting go. Need that capacity to stretch in your life. You've been coming to church now for five years and still elementary in some areas. Come on, let, let our capacity grow. Come on up, get some prayer today. Well, amen and amen. I pray that message was a blessing to you, that you received some sort of encouragement or word of instruction from the Lord. That's our prayer at River of Life, that every time you tune in, that God speaks directly to your heart. Well, this is Pastor Eddie again. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast and remind you that every Tuesday, a new message is uploaded. Also, if you want to watch one of our services, head over to our YouTube channel. It's River of Life Church, a church of his presence, his promises, and all people, and you can watch one of our services that way as well. So God bless you. I pray God's presence be with you uh, for the rest of the week. Amen.